we're going to talk about today, bringing hope right here to Natomas. Uh, again, if you're visiting, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, the question I'm going to ask you today is, uh, what life are you waiting for? Really, what life are you waiting for? And what I've discovered uh, living here for 13 years is that this is the life we waited for. Uh, early in our uh, parenting, we thought that we would homeschool our kids. Uh, we actually started enrolling our kids at Penryn Elementary. And then we had an opportunity to move here and uh, put our kids in the public school district. And it has been a great experience for our kids. Uh, we've allowed them to be, uh, I think, kind of vaccinated from a lot of the, the, the junk of our culture by just having them in it. And it's been a good ride so far. Some of my kids are uh, in the service. One, at least I saw, he's still alive. Uh, so it, we're grateful for it. Uh, we, we not only have felt like uh, we were born to live here, uh, we've kind of on a, on a light note, we've become Toyota families. Oh, what a feeling. We drive Toyotas. It's, I was doing the math. Of the five vehicles in our extended home, uh, there are four of them are Toyotas, and the one that's not uh, isn't running very well. Uh, and I tell you, I think we've gone. Th- this is going to be our life pattern because Toyotas are they're cheap to maintain, really, if you maintain them, and they keep going. I don't work for Toyota. Don't take this as an endorsement. But we never knew that this would be part of our life. We also always knew that we would want to uh, invest in a, uh, in a special family dog. I remember it, it was 13 years ago this spring when we chose to get a Britney Spaniel. They've been a part of our family for just a couple generations. And we went up to Beverly Malay's uh, kennel up off uh, 99 on your way to Yuba City. And uh, we saw just a big uh, uh, litter of, of puppies that were ready to be taken. And I'll never forget, we walked out to this litter, and I saw the one that, that I wanted, and the, and the kids, uh, they were off to their side, and out comes this one of nine pups, walked out from the litter and walked up to our family. And the, uh, the kennel director said, you know what, people often think that they pick the dog, but I tell them, no, the dog picks its owner. And uh, that was Rudy. We, we were also football fans, so we named him after our favorite film, Rudy, Rudiger Matthews. And uh, he's been a great dog, and his, his, uh, his experience in our home's gotten a lot better, actually, in the last few years. I was pretty anal about not wanting him to be a house dog, but things have changed a little bit. I've become less legalistic. I've changed, and uh, now he gets to get up on the couch with me uh, with a permit. He has to sign off on it, and he can come up and have a good old time. This was the life that uh, we didn't realize would be ahead for us the Matthews, that our kids would be public school, uh, that uh, we would be uh, Toyota families, never imagined that. We were pretty hardcore American for years, uh, and never imagined that we would, uh, I never imagined that we'd not only have an indoor dog again, but that we would let him cuddle and lick and do his thing uh, in the house, and that's a big step for me. Uh, What about you? Is this the life you imagined? Did you imagine the kind of joy that your job brings you? Um, Did you imagine the kind of marriage and family life that you have? Uh, Maybe, yeah, there's one. Uh, Did you you imagine uh, the um, 
the kind of friendships that you would develop through work, through your, um, through your church? Did you imagine uh, this kind of life? And with that, I want to just ask this question. What life are you waiting for? What life are you waiting for? Uh, I think you're going to see in the passage I'm going to read uh, from Luke chapter 5, where we catch Jesus interfacing with the fishermen for the first time, uh, at least at their fishing place. You're going to see Jesus offer a new life to uh, some young, probably late teens, early 20-something fishermen. Uh, he's going to offer them a, a grand uh, vision for their life. Uh, and it's similar, their invitation is similar, I think, to this place and time that adventure has an invitation. And uh, that is for a permanent church home that will be a gift to our community. Uh, we have a, an opportunity uh, to create a legacy for the ministry of Jesus here in Natomas. And uh, boy, I think there's hope for that. This is this service. Welcome to it. This is our first uh, 8 a.m. service we've ever had. Uh, at least we do it once a year on Daylight Savings. And I'm just thrilled that so many of you are here this morning. Open your Bibles or your smartphones to Luke chapter 5. I want to begin and look at verses uh, 1 through 11. And as I read the word, I'm going to pause and uh, see if you see what I see. Here it is. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. What were they listening to? The word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. <laughs> what were the fishermen doing? washing their nets, cleaning up. He, that is Jesus, got into one of the boats, uh, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. <laughs> Already been a long night, early morning. Jesus wasn't opposed to more fishing. Uh, verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they had caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled with their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. <laughs> that's, that's the response when you see your own weirdness, your own ugly. <laughs> For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled up their boats up from on the shore. They left everything and followed him. What an incredible experience these guys had. Uh, this interface, this, this miraculous catch of fish was the beginning, the catalyst of a new beginning for these fishermen of Galilee that had lived in this region 
their life. Jesus himself didn't live far in Nazareth. And uh, they are getting their first beginning from a borrowed boat. (laughs) A borrowed boat. That's how this all starts. Jesus uh, walks over and sits in this boat and asks to be pushed out, distance from the shoreline. Uh, It's a pragmatic communication thing. This is first century AT&T, first century direct TV. Folks can't see Jesus. There's enough of them on the shore that to get a good line of sight of him, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus, Jesus wants to be pushed out a little bit. It makes it a little easier. But to do it, he wants to borrow a boat. <laughs> and I don't see Jesus as being rude here. Uh, perhaps he had some, of, some knowledge of Peter, uh, some early acquaintance of him. But he gets into Peter's boat. He gets into Peter's boat. It's, Luke is specific here. <laughs> How do you do when someone just gets into your stuff? You know? How do you handle it when someone just says, Hey, I, I'd like to use your stuff. <laughs> I'd like to borrow it. I had this friend, no exaggeration. He's, his name is John West, and he was an intern from Israel that came to Adventure of Roseville. I've shared this story years ago. And he needed a place to stay for he and his family. I think he had three boys and uh, someone had offered their home to him. The rent was going to be like $1,700. And uh, he told my friend who was renting him the home, he said, oh, I, I must have misunderstood. Uh, I, I actually need your place for free. I, I'd like to borrow it. And uh, my friends who were renting the house, they were like, wow, we weren't really thinking that kind of lease rate. Uh, but, <laughs> okay, so they actually ended up making their home available at a very reduced uh, lease price. Sometimes the Lord just has a need, and uh, he sits in Peter's boat ready to use it. (laughs) That can create uh, sometimes an awkwardness. Um, Probably for Peter, he was honored that uh, Jesus felt free to do that and uh, had no problem with Peter, uh, no problem being, Peter had no problem with Jesus being set out a little bit so everyone could see him. I can't imagine hearing the Lord talk about the Word. Uh, Jesus himself teaching the Word of God. The Scriptures teach us that every, every audience member would hang on his Word, that they'd never heard anyone speak or talk like him before. And so what a moment Peter intentionally created for lots of other folks, all because he was willing to let Jesus borrow his boat. And I I use this word borrow intentionally because I think we have to remember as adventurers here in Natomas, in our 13th year, we've been borrowing stuff for over a decade. (laughs) We borrowed from many of you. Some of you we borrowed trailer space from. The Ledbetters used to let us store their trailer on their property out there in Alberta for two years. Dennis pulled uh, the trailer every weekend. Uh, We have borrowed some of your spas (laughs) for baptisms. I think we baptized between 250 and 300 people since we began. Uh, We have borrowed your homes for uh, parties, for pool parties, for home groups, in some cases for offices. We've had one or two that we've used. Uh, We borrowed your cars, SUVs, vans, uh, to get us to Hume Lake or get us to Mexico. Uh, We, in this community, we borrowed schools, three of them. Uh, we borrowed Natomas Middle School, two gyms. We borrowed Heron School. And we borrowed Natomas Charter School and the Benvenuti Performing Arts Center. A lot of borrowing. <laughs> and it's been great. And uh, I can tell you, uh, 
just, I think it was two weeks ago or a week ago Friday, we put in our 60 days notice here to let them know we don't want to borrow anymore. (laughs) Uh, And we can do that. And they accepted. And so we're starting to move towards a, a new permanent home for us. And part of that process is remembering how generous people have been with us. What you might not know is that when, we first, when I first started uh, 13 years ago, I was 35 years old, and uh, we moved here from Rockland, and uh, we were given a significant amount of financial startup. Adventure of Roseville gave us $120,000 for over two years, a declining balance, and the parent organization that helps finances, that helps finance a lot of Christian churches, gave us $120,000 over two years. Uh, and then some of my friends and family gave uh, about $50,000. It was, may have been more, I don't remember. Uh, and to help us start Adventure. So we had a little under 300000 for two years committed. And here we are 13 years later. We have been weaned of that amount. Uh, we were weaned by all of all of that uh, in the first two years. And then we had to be on our own. We're completely independent financially. We have been for 11 years now. And just last year, uh, we had over $600,000 come in from our congregants here in Natomas. Is that unbelievable or what? That's a ton of money. That's a ton of money. And we've seen lives changed, and we've seen our church become something that's really connecting with unengaged people, people that haven't been engaged with Christ we saw just in the last month, uh, folks give their life to Jesus Christ for the first time. At the end of our uh, January I Love My Church series, we did an all-out uh, text invite to friends. And we saw, I saw at least 10 people raise their hand for the first time to make Jesus the leader of their life. And a dear friend here in Natomas, uh, a dear friend's friend uh, who had come to one of our uh, parties uh, came and uh, came down and gave her life to Christ for the very first time. It's, to us, it's just why we want to live. It's what we are living for, is this future. I share how much folks have invested in the past. Uh, I share how much you've invested to get us to this point, because without your generosity of your home, your cars, (laughs) your your trailer space, uh, your house for office space, your financial generosity, we wouldn't have the opportunity we have right now. We wouldn't have it. But because of your generosity, we have an incredible opportunity to bring hope in our community. And what we want to do is create a legacy of an Acts 2 type church here in Natomas that goes beyond us, that continues to bring hope to this community. And we've been given a chance to uh, move into a building, and we want to move in well. Uh, We also want to move in smart. Uh, This is a building we want to buy, but we don't feel the Holy Spirit is leading our elders to buy now. And so we want to move in a way that the building looks very nice for our guests and for us, uh, but that is also good stewardship. Now, I shared that our giving in the last year, uh, in, in 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 2015, Uh, 2014 was very, very good. Our giving this year has gone down significantly. Um, I don't know. Maybe my sons have stopped giving. I don't know what's up, but uh, we've seen a decline. And uh, we want to give this opportunity as we move into something that's really you're going to be able to touch and see and 
and watch uh, be built out, perhaps for the first time you'll say, you know what, we want to be a part of this permanent church home. Originally, prayerfully designed to be a gift to our community. And so to create a legacy, we, we have a challenge we want to give to our congregation today. And I'll be giving it uh, again. And that is that over the next year, that adventurers prayerfully consider how they might help us raise $200,000. The adventure family. I know that sounds like a a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, But I think together it's realistic. Here's how we got the number. Uh, We've spent this year $45,000 that were not typical expenses that were planned out. Uh, We've spent uh, $27,000 to uh, put a security deposit on our permanent church home and to uh, also pay the first month's rent in May. Up in advance wasn't part of this fiscal year. Uh, although it was part of this fiscal year, we had to replace our sound system for twelve grand this year, uh, and it was, uh, it's something I would have wanted to put off to the new building. So that's a little less than 45, maybe that's 42. Uh, and then we had some attorney fees involved in uh, getting into our lease agreement. That's always been a good investment for us. And we also have seen, uh, so we've had to use a lot of our emergency fund to actually do some of this. And uh, so we want to replenish that emergency fund. And we can see with, uh, for our guests to have the kind of experience we want them to have, we want to put some dollars into our sanctuary uh, that will be more than we want to just spend out of pocket. And so the 200000 is to replenish our emergency fund. It's to give people a chance to start giving to this new vision, maybe for the first time. And it's a chance for us to make certain that we have a, a great experience, a great move-in for all our guests and we adventurers who call Venture Our Church Home. I included in your programs a creative legacy card. It's inside of your programs. You can open it up. And behind me, you can see we put some numbers up here. We want, you can look at the numbers, but the number one challenge today is we want you to pray. We want you to pray about giving over the next year uh, through uh, Easter of 2017, giving over and above your regular giving, or perhaps giving for the first time. Uh, And this is between you and Jesus. Giving at our church always has been, and it's between you and the Lord. (laughs) No one's watching you. (laughs) This is between you and Him. And uh, if giving for you is... uh, a joy, we want you to, to just say, yeah, let's do it. Hey, let me just ask you right now. How many of you love giving? If you do, would you join me and just say, yes, we can do this. One, two, three. Yes, we can do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, giving is a joy uh, for me, and I hope it will be for you. The ministry of Jesus began with a borrowed boat. <laughs> Peter made it possible for the audience that was surrounding Jesus to see Christ better. And as we give, I think we're going to have a chance for people to see Christ better. The stats are that we will uh, as we move in, and we want to do that. My friends that have done this before me in the last two years have all experienced this kind of blessing. And some of you may be saying, hey, wait a second, can we afford this? Let me tell you something. This move is going to require a bump of our monthly lease by $3,500. I met with a representative of CDF this week. And he was very clear, hey, your numbers, never heard of them. Never heard of numbers like this. You are getting an incredible deal here. Uh, We are. We're getting a tremendous deal. 
Some of you may say, hey, I haven't seen the building yet. Well, mark your calendar for the first two Sundays in April, April 3rd and April 10th, from 1 to 2 o'clock at 1500 North Market. You'll hear more about it. I'm going to, my staff and I will lead a walkthrough of the building. And I can tell you, designs are being submitted to a contractor this weekend and or early next week. You'll get a chance to see the designs that we're working on. The ministry of Jesus began with a borrowed boat, and now we're going to we're going to invest in a permanent site, a site that we intend to buy uh, so that we can really be a gift to our community. I shared with some of my staff members this week, this building is the Lord's. It's not mine. It's not the staff's. It's not the church's. It's the Lord's. We truly want it to be a gift to our community. The ministry of Jesus began with, uh, with an owner's boat. It continued with an owner and his crew. Jesus had the audacity to ask uh, the disciples to put out a little bit. Uh, he said to them, Hey, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And I don't know about you, but if when I read this, I can't help but think that Peter was, uh, Hey, Lord, you, you're, remember, you graduated from Nazarene High School, okay? You, you're a rabbi. Yeah. I, I graduated from... Uh, Capernaum High School, right here on the shore of Galilee. My expertise is fishing. Yours is Hebrew. (laughs) We've already fished. There are no fish out here. Uh, Also, we're tired. (laughs) We're ready to go hit, uh, you know, IHOP or Bella Brew for breakfast. We're we're done. (laughs) We're tired. (laughs) We don't want to do any (laughs) more. Uh, how many of you think we say we're tired too often and get tired of hearing, I'm tired at your place of work? Yeah, I do. We all do. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, no doubt Peter could have easily said, hey, uh, to his co-workers, hey, Andrew, uh, John, James, would you guys manage the Lord? I'm going to go get some shut-eye. I'm exhausted. Um, but instead, he's an owner. He was willing to work when his body said it's time for a nap. Uh, He was willing to work more, to go more, to do more. And I I think that we really, our nature is to pursue comfort. (laughs) Uh, Our nature is to to be comfortable. Yesterday, Melissa and I were shopping at uh, one of our favorite stores, if you've never gone to it. We do it on Saturdays. I'm starting to like it. It's called uh, the Gypsy um, Chick, (laughs) they call it, Gypsy Chick Antique Market in Lincoln. It's kind of a cool place to go to once a month. And while I was in there, uh, they, they just comfort you. Everything's about comfort. Little chocolates, lots of cookies, uh, coffee everywhere. Everyone's happy. You're buying antiques. You're looking at nostalgic pieces. It's comfortable. I didn't have any chocolate or cookies or coffee, uh, uh, but I sure wanted them. Uh, but there is this need for all of us just to pursue comfort. And uh, I, I think that Jesus is willing to say, you know what? I want you to be willing to deny yourself. Don't make this about you, Peter. Trust me. Get out there on the lake. I want to show you something. And Peter does it. He goes out on the lake, and he gets such an incredible catch of fish that they have to wave in James and John, his fishing partners. I'm assuming Simon, his brother, is with him. They have to wave them in to help them fill two boats of fish. These boats were pretty long from about me to that uh, uh, base amp. They filled two boats worth of fish, and the boats were sinking. And uh, so is Peter. He's sinking. Uh, You know, that's what happens when you discover 
kind of your own weirdness, your own ugly. <laughs> do any of you have ugly that you've discovered? <laughs> if you don't think you do, ask the person you're seated with. <laughs> Peter discovers his own ugly. I got ugly. <laughs> ugly, I describe this way. Ugly means uh, the stuff I want to do, I don't do. <laughs> the stuff I don't want to do, I do. Ugly is this inability I have sometimes to be the person I want to be on my own energy and strength. And uh, for some reason here, Peter just felt terrible. He had an ugly gut check. And he said, uh, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinner. Go away from me. (laughs) I, I, I just saw myself for the first time. You know, when you see yourself, when you experience Jesus face to face, it'll, he'll have that kind of impact on you. You'll see yourself as you truly are. <laughs> and it's not always pretty, right? <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah, our, if you ever smelt bad breath and then realized, wow, that was mine. That was really bad. <laughs> and he, uh, Peter had this experience. And you know what I love about how the Lord handles him? The Lord doesn't say, you're right, Peter, you are a piece of trash. The Lord instead says, Peter, let's go. All right, yeah, good job. I'm glad you've acknowledged your own shortcomings. But let's not stay there. Let's not stay stuck. Let's not stick around and think about, oh, I'm such a mess. I've got so many problems. Yes, you do, but let's move on. Let's not be stuck there. Let's move. Let's fo- I want you to follow my vision. And for Peter, this was, this was a real act of repentance, confession. And his next... Uh, Step was to follow Jesus. When's the last time you've really humbled yourself like Peter did? It's evident in this passage he actually got down on his knees. I think if I'm reading the text clearly, he's on his knees in the boat. (laughs) Double check this for me if you want. He's on his knees in the boat, perhaps. There's a lot of fish in there. I don't want to be around a bunch of fish on my knees. That's just gross. Uh, Peter doesn't care. (laughs) He's been humbled. When you're humbled, you don't care. You just want to give glory to Jesus. Do you know on Easter Sunday, people are lining up to give glory to Jesus. You know what's going to happen? We have seven people who've said on Easter Sunday, I want to be baptized. And that's where you humble yourself. That's where you allow us to take your body like the body of Jesus and put it under water. And just like Jesus, we raise it up to newness of life. If that's a decision you've been putting off, why not humble yourself and do it on Easter Sunday? Why not now? Why not? What's to lose? What's to lose? Uh, If you're interested, let us know on your Connect card. Hey, I want to be baptized Easter Sunday. We'll follow up. You can expect that. We'll give you information on it. Uh, The legacy of Jesus began with a borrowed boat. The legacy of Jesus began with a willing owner who wasn't stuck on his past. He was willing to get up and pursue a grander vision. Something that was bigger, and that, that which was bigger was no longer fishing for mackerel and perch or bonita. Uh, what we're going to fish for now is men. Peter, you're not going to just be a local uh, little league fisherman anymore. You're going big town. You're going to go toe-to-toe, not with fish, but with men, with influential men. Even though you've not been raised in the school of, of, of a rabbi, traditional, you're going to be raised by God's son. And you're going to be equipped and apprenticed to go toe-to-toe with the Pharisees of Jerusalem. You're going to be able to go toe-to-toe with, the, with Romans. You're going to walk out of a prison someday in the middle of the night that an angel is going to make possible. You're someday going to stand before Caesar Nero. 
and confess Jesus Christ. And someday you're going to be crucified as well, except upside down. This was a grander vision. This is a grander vision. This is the kind of vision that can bring life to all of us, no matter what we're going through, is get off of your knees and your pity party and become part of Jesus' invitation to change destinies. I got to tell you, I think that's what Peyton Manning was talking about last week in his retirement uh, discourse. Uh, I love what he said. He said, I fought the fight. I've kept the faith. (laughs) God bless America. God bless football. Love the way he ended that. But during his piece, he talked about that he's got a vision for a brighter future, that he's got a vision for something new and something something bigger even than football. And I tell you, if you read his biography and you read about the time he gave his life to Jesus Christ, you can sense this guy's got a vision for something bigger, for something greater. I want to end this morning by reading to you uh, the words of Bill Hybels related to uh, a grander vision. This is what Bill writes. Here's my vote. (laughs) Together, let's all echo the words of that young Samuel. Uh, that young Samuel cried to God one sleepless night so many years ago. Speak, Lord. (laughs) Your servant is listening. Tell God the truth about your desire to live out the abundance he promised to you. As you direct, I will take action in the world around me. I'm going to live every single aspect today with a grander vision. I'm going to work with a grander vision. I'm going to read with a grander vision. I'm going to stand in lines with a grander vision. Oh, that's tough. I'm going to change diapers with a grander vision. I'm going to cook dinner with a grander vision. I'm going to vacation with a grander vision. I will pay taxes. Oh, that's a tough one to read. With a grander vision. And yes, as we explore the miracle of the next chapter, I will party with a grander vision. Why don't you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, we've heard today of how you approached Simon Peter and you sat in his boat. It doesn't appear that you asked. You just sat in his boat. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us now about the importance of our letting you use us and our stuff. Lord, we learned that you were willing to ask Peter to go over and above, to expend more energy in your work, to go out again when he was already tired and spent. I pray that your grace will give everyone here that needs it energy that is from you alone to help them do what they need to do, even as they face this work week. And God, we also learned that you gave Peter a grander vision. Don't be afraid, Peter. You're going to catch men now. There's nothing quite as important as fishing for the souls and eternal destinies of men. Help us, Lord, capture that grand vision in our lives. 